Welcome, everybody, to the first edition of Steel Spin on Sports. I'm your host, Caden Steele, and I'm very glad you guys are joining me today for my first ever episode. And I have a great guest joining me today, and he's going to give some great analysis on the NBA. Max Green will be joining the show. He's a member of WHIP Radio and our sports update. He's a rising sophomore at Temple University. He's a media studies and production major, and he, I know he's a great NBA fan. And he's very excited for the return of it. We've been talking about it all week. And now the NBA has announced that it will probably return. Max, what were your initial feelings when the NBA announced they will probably have the playoffs take place this summer? And we're going to be able to see who wins the NBA championship. Uh, I was excited. I'm excited to finally see some, some live sports again. I want to see a conclusion to this NBA season because, as we know, that's the best part of the NBA season, without a doubt. Because most with, a, with seasons that have long that have long extended like schedules and games, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get excited about every single one of them. So that's where the playoffs kind of just keep the excitement, keep the intensity, and I'm glad we're going to get to see it. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to be able to see it too. And now Woj came out and announced that Disney World in Orlando has emerged as the front runner for the NBA's return this summer. That's the most likely location. I know they've discussed Las Vegas and Texas as possibilities too. He also reported players will be allowed to come back to their facilities on June 1st. And then they'll probably eventually hold like a second training camp that will allow players to get in shape and get ready for the remaining stretch of the regular season and playoffs. But Max... Do you believe the NBA should have regular season games, like maybe 20 to 30 games? Or do you think they should just get straight to the playoffs and just let us see the best go against the best? Let's go straight for it. Straight to the playoffs. Let's get it started. Let's just get... Look, the NBA is in a situation where they need to get this done as quick as possible and without making the most amount of people pissed off. And the problem is, no matter what you do, people are going to be pissed off. So in my in my opinion, you got to just all those eight seeded teams that that wanted to have a chance to maybe upset a Lakers or a Bucks or a Clippers. They're gonna have to, they're just gonna have to maybe you know settle for a better luck next year because at this point I feel like they have to have they have their eight teams. They've had a substantial amount of time. Those teams will always argue, well, they didn't really deserve it, but. When you think about it, it, a lot of these teams like are majorly ahead in their in their conference. Like the Magic, who will the eighth seed right now in the in the Eastern Conference, they have about a let's say they have a good six game lead on the Wizards, which are the ninth seeded team. And then in the West, the Grizzlies hold the eighth seed, and they have about a three game lead on the Trailblazers, the ninth place team. Those are solid game series that. It's going to be very hard for those teams to lose that eighth seed. So in my opinion, you got to keep it the way it is. You got to just go into the playoffs, have the teams that are in there, and just let's see some playoff basketball. Let's get it rolling. Yeah, I get your excitement that you want to get the NBA back and rolling. You want to see the playoffs. You want to see the best go against the best. But at the same time, you're looking at Portland and the Pelicans, and they're not far off. You know, if they win a few games there and Memphis loses a few games there, they're in the playoffs too. Got to think about it from this perspective, Max. Is it unfair if Portland doesn't get a realistic shot of making the playoffs? And another idea that's been brought up, and I don't know how big a fan's Memphis would be of this because this would hurt them, but should there be a play-in game? 
should Portland play Memphis for that eighth seed because it's such a tight battle and if they don't have regular season games, Portland won't have a real opportunity. And if the season didn't get cut short, maybe Portland would have eventually caught Memphis. So I think that's a good idea in a way because, Max, do you agree with me? If you have a playing game, maybe like a three-game battle between Portland and Memphis, that would be such great television to watch too. So I think it might be a great idea for the NBA to have that type of tournament for a team to get in who's the eighth or ninth seed. But I don't know how big of of, of a fan what most NBA players be of it, but... I think it's a possibility, but I'm guessing you're not a huge fan of the play-in game. Like, you don't think that should happen, Max? The sports fan and the scene exciting matchups would love to see it. But just the but the idea of, like, wanting to see a conclusion and just being real about what's most likely to see a conclusion just is we got to go with what we have. And I will say this. If Portland even gets the eighth seed, this season's still a disappointment for them. This was a team that just that was in in the Eastern Conference Finals, and when you think about it, they were close in a couple. Games. Although they got swept by the Warriors, they were close in many of those games and blew a couple big game leads to eventually tilt the series in the Warriors' favor. So when you think about it, the fact that this team is even now struggling to get an eight seed is already a disappointing season. And getting an eight seed, do I really think this team's now going to just put it all together and beat a Lakers or a Clippers? I, I can't say that I do. That I do. And you know, in the end, in the end, I feel like as much as I would love to see the competition as a fan, I would love the competition. The realest to me, and just the real, the best possibility of seeing an ending to this season is if we just go straight into the playoffs. Yeah, I get your point, but at the same time. Like, I get your point, because I know Portland's not going to beat the Lakers, right? We're going to be realistic. But don't they at least deserve the opportunity to get in the playoffs? Anything can happen. You know, an eight seed hasn't beat a one seed, but anything can really happen, Max. That is true. That is 100% true. Anything can happen. But I think, like, I feel like we're just going to – I feel like the best way to get this season done – at this point, I'm not worried about, like – because, again, not everyone's going to be happy. And I feel like the best way to get it done is it's not going to be the best thing for Adam Silver, but he's going to have to spite a couple teams. Yeah, definitely Adam Silver has some tough decisions to make. And like you said, he's going to make some people angry because it's an impossible decision. Just because of COVID-19 circumstances, he's going to have to make some really difficult decisions. And your point about the Trailblazers is pretty good. I think Damian Lillard's only chance of winning a championship if he gets the heck out of Portland. But that's a discussion for another day. But let's say, Max, the NBA decides they're going to have a regular season, which I kind of agree with you. I hope they don't. I hope they get straight to the playoffs because that's what I really want to see. I want to see the best go against the best, and I want to see LeBron versus Giannis in the NBA championship, and I want to see a potential Sixers-Celtics matchup in the Eastern Conference. But let's say they decide to play the regular season, maybe like 20 or 30 games to finish out the season before the playoffs start. Should all 30 teams be brought back? Or do you think Adam Silver should be like, we'll bring back 24 teams, the teams that are actually have a chance at a playoff spot or are still in contention, and eliminate the other six teams from the regular season? Or do you think that's not feasible? Oh, I think it is. I feel like any team that's eliminated to pull everyone now back, and you got players now playing over over uh, country lines. They're playing over they – play, they live overseas in the offseason – so 
it's kind of just not feasible really to be able to pull everyone back from these eliminated teams to finish playing their lost season. I feel like if you're going to take the regular season route, you're going to have to pull in the teams that still have a chance. And even though, and you might even not be able to bring back the ones who don't have a chance, who still have a chance, but it's like, they're not going to do it. They're one game away from elimination. It it sucks, but like, it's just got to be what works at this point. Adam Silver's goal is finishing the season. It's not please. It's not pleasing the like a Timberwolves to make a run from the 14th seed all the way up to the eighth seed because they're still eligible. It's not allowing the Knicks to now just make a push for the eighth seed, which they're not going to do. What he has to do is finish the season the best way possible. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And Adam Silver has some tough decisions, but. I think it's going to be really difficult for the NBA to sort this out. I know they have a plan, but how are they going to be able to handle if something, if like a player gets COVID-19, do they have to forfeit games max, do you think? Or will they continue to play and like push back the game and test everyone and get the results two two days later? Like, how will this work? Like, I get the idea of the NBA coming back as fun and we're going to be able to see some live basketball, but it's going to be really difficult, Max. And I just don't know how they're going to do it. And I think it's going to be really stressful for Adam Silver and everyone else involved in the NBA. Yeah, well, that's the risk they're running of coming back. The risk they run is that if someone gets sick, now you're put into a completely different situation. I'm not sure. If, I'm not even. I'm sure Adam Silver has thought about this, but if he has, he hasn't really made it clear to the public what he what his plans are. Because you're going to have these guys in close proximity. They even if they're all clean, they could be all clean one day, and then the next day, they could come up and test for COVID, and then just like that, you have. You have the worst scenario, a bunch of people in small spaces quarantined together. They're all inevitably going to – it's going to inevitably spread between this bunch if so, if one gets it. All it takes is one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right, and that's what's going to make it really difficult. But let's say everything goes smoothly and they get to the playoffs. Should they still have a seven-game series because, like, you said they should wrap it up quick as possible, but you know I don't think Adam Silver or the players are going to be a big fan of having a non-traditional seven-game series. I would personally like to see a five-game series or a three-game series because I think you can still see who's the best team in five games or th- not three games. I think three games is a little short, but five games would be perfect to me, but I doubt that happens. But would you rather see five or three games or would you rather still see that seven-game series kind of play out for itself? This is where I kind of feel like he, where Adam Silver is not going to make everyone happy. I feel like in forfeiting not the play-in game, I feel like he's able to possibly have a chance to keep alive the seven-game series, which has the ability, I feel like, to keep more fans happy. I feel like you're going to get a greater number of fans happier if you keep the seven-game series, as it, whereas if you, if you um, have the play-in game, I feel like you're going to make a couple of organizations happy, but the general fan who doesn't really have a team is not going to be very satisfied. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's his best chance of winning. Like, he's not the most time-constrained, but I feel like that's just what you have to do. It's it's how it is. It's the seven-game series. I think a five-game series, a best-of-five could work, but I'm not. I'm just not sure if that's – if. Um, the fans, the fans, and the players, and the coaches, and just organizations would allow for something like that to happen. 
Yeah, I definitely agree because I don't think organizations would think that's fair if they couldn't play a full seven game series and then there would just be discussions for years how teams just didn't get a fair opportunity to prove that they were the better team and then if they got two more games they would have won that series stuff like that but max we'll get right into it there's gonna be a lot of great games but it just feels like a weird year for me for a team that's going to win an NBA championship this year, I feel like there's always going to be an asterisk next to their name. Do you feel the same way? Like, that team's not going to get a parade. They're not going to get just all the normal accolades with winning an NBA championship. And I think it's going to be a team that gets forgotten in a way because of this circumstances that are going on. Yeah, I feel like that asterisk will be there, whether for better or worse, because when you look at it from, like, why the asterisk might be a good thing for some of these teams is – these are obstacles that no other NBA team, not even NBA, any league, like same with the winner of the Stanley Cup and World Series and all these leagues that were affected, they've never dealt with obstacles like this. This is going to be something that they've never seen. Yeah. But then you still look at the bad. They get they got a two-month break. They had all these – they may be able to um, – they didn't have to play an eighth seed that might have gotten on a hot streak. They may not have to play, um, let's say, they may not have to play in a seven-game series, like you said. They might have only play in the best of five. There's all, And worst of all, they may not ever get to celebrate that championship in front of the fans. Think about a team like the Bucks, who haven't won a championship in years, like decades. For them not to be able to celebrate that championship with the fans is going to be kind of a bummer. And then especially... That's usually the best part of seeing all these fans' reactions. The fan, like, especially of these struggling franchises, they go nuts once they see it. If the Clippers pull it off, that would be their first, that would be their first title in franchise history. And they won't get to celebrate with any fans. So, yeah, I do feel like that asterisk is always going to be next to their name, yeah. no matter who wins. Yeah, you make a, that's a really good point, and I agree. A team like the Bucks and like the Clippers, like you said, they would want their fans there, especially for the Clippers' first championship. It's just a crazy parade to L.A. They finally get their run L.A., get to say they're better than the Lakers for that period of time. It would be such a great moment, and because of the circumstances going on right now, that wouldn't be able to happen. And selfishly, as a Sixers fan, in a way, I hope they don't win the championship this year because I want to be there for that parade for their first championship since 83. I want to be there to watch Embiid give his speech and watch Ben Simmons give his speech. And it's not going to be able to happen this year. So I think it's a weird year where some NBA fans might be okay with their team not winning the NBA championship. I think, I you know, you always want your team to win, but you're not going to be a real part of it. Fans aren't going to be able to go to the games. And it's just going to be a weird feeling. And it's going to be a weird year overall. Do you find it kind of annoying that the whole schedule is going to be changed around? Like, you know, you're going to have the NBA season probably end at the end of August to the beginning of September, depending when the playoffs actually start. And then when the season is going to start around Christmas next year, right, Max? But what if the second wave hits and the season gets pushed back to like February? The whole landscape of the NBA is going to change for the next two to three years. Does that annoy you or are you... Don't really care about that that much. Um, it is kind of annoying because then you also look at it. One of the best things about Christmas Day is that's when the NBA usually owns Christmas Day with their live sports. Now, instead of like it being all the marquee games, that's going to be your season opener possibly. 
And not only that, the NBA is kind of, the NFL is now just beginning to challenge the NBA for that date as um, they're putting a big marquee game on Christmas Day to go up against the NBA. And the NBA may not be able to even compete with them, which could pose major effects for the NBA in the future. Yeah, definitely a, a good point. And the Christmas game is always something to look forward to. And I like how you said there's just not going to be a lot of marquee games this year. And it's going to be weird how they're going to try to mash all those games in onto one day when it's a holiday. And it's just not going to feel the same for the NBA over the next year or two, in my opinion. But we'll dive right into it right now. We'll move past this discussion of what's going to happen, and we'll just get right into the analysis of teams. Currently, the Western Conference standings are the Lakers are in first place. The Clippers have the second seed. Denver has the third seed. The Utah Jazz have the fourth seed. The Oklahoma City Thunder have the fifth seed. Houston has the 6th seed, and Dallas has the 7th seed, and Memphis has the 8th seed, with Portland and New Orleans looking on the looking on the outside looking in. And then when you got the Eastern Conference, you got Milwaukee as your 1st seed, you got Toronto as your 2nd seed, Boston as your 3rd seed, Miami as your 4th seed, Indiana as your 5th seed, and you got Philly as your 6th, and Brooklyn as your 7th, and 8th is Orlando, with no other teams in real reach of getting that 8th seed besides Orlando. But we'll get right into it. What teams do you think have the best advantage right now of being ready? Because a lot of teams, I think, who are inexperienced are going to really struggle, especially with the regular season being cut short and for them not to be able to gel and get that chemistry together. But I feel like veteran teams are going to have a chance to really dominate the playoffs because they're going to already have experience, a team that's used to being together for the last couple of years, those teams are going to have the bigger advantage and be more prepared. So what teams do you think are at an advantage? And what teams do you think are kind of like at a disadvantage and are really going to struggle because the season has been kind of just changed and stuff like that? I feel like teams that may have an advantage are teams that have been there before. Teams like a Bucks team that's like a solid team. They've been there. They've been through it. a Celtics team that has an experienced coach. Now, while the players may not be experienced, the coach definitely knows how to explain to his players that to be prepared. A team in the Western Conference, a team like the Lakers with a LeBron who's almost been there almost every year of his career. And then a team like even a team like the Clippers with guys like Paul George and Doc and Doc Rivers at coaching and Kawhi. Like, those are teams that I feel aren't prepared. Now, teams who may not be prepared are teams like the Heat, a young team. This is their first big run. And they and it's, Spolstra may be an experienced coach, but that team is still very young, very inexperienced, and it's their first big-time run. A Raptors team without Kawhi, that's still a, a team that, like, it's their second big run. That uh, Some of that core has been there before, but not a ton of it. Outside of Kyle Lowry, not a ton of that core has been there in that, those big-time situations. Then a team like the Mavs or the Grizzlies or the Thunder, or like those teams are gonna might struggle. Even the Nuggets, they're still a pretty young team. Yeah, those are my teams who I think who may benefit and may not benefit. You're right, Max, on the part that I think there's the, the older teams with more advantage, with more of experience – are going to be better off. And I like how you talk about the Heat and how they have Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and all these new players that came along. And they looked really good in their regular season and they're currently fourth in the Eastern Conference. But at the same time, they don't have that experience and that might hurt them. 
But Max, let's break down just the overall teams in each conference and what we think their chances are of winning an NBA championship, how far we think they will go. So we'll start out with the Western Conference, Max, and we're going to look at it. The first seed is the Lakers. You know, they have LeBron and they have Anthony Davis, and then they have a bunch of role players around them like Danny Green and everyone else on that team. How far do you think the Lakers will go? Do you see them reaching the NBA championship this year? Or do you think they're going to potentially fall short of expectations? Because they they look like the favorites right now. And they seem like the most complete team. And they have the right pieces. And they have a deep bench with Kuzman and everyone else. How far do you think this Lakers team will end up going in the playoffs? You know what? I, I was even telling you my thoughts. Like in the past, I thought the Clippers might have pulled away. I think the Lakers are that team finally too. I think they're. I think it's their time to go to the NBA Finals. So I think the Lakers can. I think the Lakers will be able to meet expectations and proceed to an NBA Finals. Yeah, I definitely think the Lakers are considered one of the favorites in the East, or not in the East, in the West. My bad, but they are one of the best teams in the West. But the Clippers could challenge them potentially, you know, because you have Kawhi and Kawhi. I think is the one player if you put him on LeBron and he plays defense could neutralize LeBron not stop him fully but neutralize him so I think that Clippers have a decent chance and they have Paul George and Lou Williams and they have a pretty loaded roster too how well do you think they can compete with the Lakers um I think they can compete pretty well with the Lakers like I think they can definitely take them to a game seven the only thing is I just feel like the Lakers have that added motivation because you look at the Clippers I feel like the Clippers like you think like you look at that team. That team is built for the next four or five years, maybe five. You look at the Lakers. That team is not built for like long term success. That team is built for whenever Anthony Davis might might leave and when LeBron might run out of time. That's how long that team has. And you know, I feel like with the tragedy they've gone through this year. LeBron just needing to get that fourth ring, possibly maybe his last great chance to get a ring. I feel like that drive is what's just going to push the Lakers over the Clippers. Yeah, surely the Lakers have something to play for that's greater than basketball. And what a storyline that would be if they could win for Kobe. It would just be such a heartwarming story. And I think that's overall what a lot of fans are rooting for who are non-Lakers fans. If their team doesn't make it, I think a lot of people actually want to see the Lakers win this year. And that's not a typical year where the Lakers aren't the most loved team by people. But then you look at the rest of the Western Conference and you kind of see how the Lakers and Clippers are seem to be way far ahead compared to everyone else. But there are some sleeper teams like Denver is the third seed and they've been close the last couple of years and they have a really strong roster. You know, they have Jokic and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Will Barton. And they have a lot of talent. But they're also a team that's kind of inexperienced. And I think they're slightly overrated. I think they'll win a lot of regular season games and they play really good basketball and they have a really good coach. But I think Jokic is slightly overrated. And I don't think they're ready just to compete with the Lakers and Clippers. I don't think their roster is going to be able to be able to run with the Lakers or Clippers, and I don't think their star power will be able to match up. Do you think Denver has any chance, or do you see them see them losing in the second round again? Uh, you know, I was kind of, I just kind of have a feeling that 
again, Denver doesn't really have that wow factor to me that will really push them past the Lakers or a Clippers. So because of that, I'm going to have to say, I feel like we're if they draw one of those LA teams, I just can't give the edge to them. I feel like I got to give the edge to one of these LA teams. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think Denver has much of a shot in the playoffs. But I think they're a team in the next few years that could potentially reach an NBA championship because, like I said, they have a great coach and a great general manager, and they have the right pieces in place to keep developing and maybe growing as a team. And I don't think any of their players are really going to leave, it looks like. So I think they're going to have a group that's going to have a lot of chemistry moving forward. But now the rest of the teams in the Western Conference, you know, you got the Jazz in the fourth seed and OKC in the fifth seed. You know, OKC shocked people this year with Chris Paul. They're not a very talented roster, but Chris Paul played really well this year. And that rest of that roster really stepped up with Steven Adams. And the Jazz, you know, they have Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But it looks like they kind of have a rift, so I don't know how they're going to do going into the playoffs. So I don't think those two teams are real contenders. Do you agree with me, Max? Like the fourth and fifth seeds don't really have a chance to compete? You agree? And then you got to have the sixth seed. You know, James Harden and the Rockets. James Harden is such a great player, and he scores so many points. But to me, he's playing in the wrong area. He's an ISO player. He scores a lot of points, but I, I never see him as a guy who's going to win an NBA championship. They also have Russell Westbrook, and they have a really good roster. And they have Mike D'Antoni leading him as a coach. But I don't see Houston going to the Western Conference Finals this year. I think they'll fall short again. But I think it's a possibility that they could beat Denver, who is the third seed. If that's the potential matchup, and right now that would be the matchup if the playoff started today, how do you think that would play off, play out? Houston versus Denver. I feel like Houston would definitely come out with a high-firing, small-ball, guard-heavy offense. But eventually I feel like Denver's just solid team play together, very, very just like – able to just play solid as a team would eventually wear down the Rockets. And I feel like Denver would be able to, and I feel like Denver would be able to withstand it. It's going to be hard because the Rockets think about them. They're a high flying offense. The problem is their the problem is their defense. And then they need to be on because they're off on offense. They kind of crumble. Yeah, I agree. When they're off, when their offense is bad, they're done. But here's another interesting matchup, Max, besides the Denver-Houston potential matchup that could happen. But things could always change because if this regular season, the, the seeds will shift. But right now, the playoffs started, you would have the Clippers versus the Mavericks. And you would have Luka versus Kawhi. And I believe the Clippers would win that game, win that series. But the Mavericks would, could probably could potentially make that very interesting and I think Luca would be on a national spotlight and he would show out in that series I think they could push the Clippers possibly to six games oh well I do agree I think I can get on board with that I don't again I don't think the Mavericks are quite ready to push the Clippers out the playoffs but I definitely think I definitely think that team could like make a push to force like a game six very similar to what a, a young Clippers team did to the Warriors a couple of years back where they forced a game six that no one really expected out of them them being an eight seed and the Warriors being a one seed I just yeah I definitely believe that that team could definitely push the Clippers to more of to play a lot more a lot more higher level of basketball than one may expect in the first round 
Definitely agree. And then you kind of look at the other matchup potentially. It would be Lakers-Memphis. And that doesn't seem like a great matchup because it looks like the Lakers will probably sweep Memphis. But at the same time, Memphis does have John Morant. So I think it would be an overall fun series to watch. But LeBron would probably just really run that series. It would be a sweep. So not much to talk about there. But now we're going to get into the Eastern Conference max where I think it gets a little bit tougher and a little bit interesting. Because I don't think there's much of a difference between the first seed and the sixth seed. So we're... In the Easter Conference, you got Milwaukee as the first seed, and they seem like the overall favorites, but they do have some weaknesses in my opinion. After Giannis, I think Chris Middleton's a little bit overrated, and I think Brooke Lopez is not as good as people say, and I think Milwaukee could possibly fall short in the playoffs. I think it is possible, but I think they are the favorites, and I think Giannis is a player who likes to seek and destroy, and he's really good. How do you see Milwaukee uh, coming out in the playoffs? Do you think they're going to be ready and prepared? And do you, do, do you see them as the overall favorites in the East? And how confident are you that they could potentially really compete for an NBA championship this year? Um, I do believe that the Bucks are the favorites in the East. I feel like they're definitely going to be competing for an NBA, NBA championship. I'm not sure if they'll get it. But I definitely see this as a Lakers clip, a Lakers box finals. Just watch, just come down to to what the two of the best teams in the league have been. I think that's the game everyone wants to see. And you look at the East. The East is the East definitely has a lot of young pieces. But again, that's what they are. They're young pieces. Yeah, I just don't think these pieces are ready to really test the test the Bucks yet if the Raptors still had like an uh, older dominant presence like a Kawhi I can maybe say oh maybe they'll upset again but as of right now I just don't see anyone from the east really standing in, standing in the way of the Bucks as they I think will I think they might go through a couple hiccups but I think they should get through the east with relative ease I have a take Max I think the Philadelphia 76ers are the toughest matchup for the Bulls. Not saying the Sixers played great this year because they certainly didn't. But they have one thing going for them. A lot of length and a lot of really good defensive players. And I think the one player who can neutralize um, Giannis in the East is Joel Embiid. When healthy, when he's playing at his best, when he's motivated, I think he's the one player in the East that can limit Giannis in that Bulls team. And I think if Ben Simmons comes back... in the Bucks. What? I believe you mean the Bucks, not the Bulls team. Oh, oh, I know the there's Bulls. a lot of last dance. Oh, I said the Bulls, my bad. But yeah, I definitely believe they can really challenge them, especially with a healthy Ben Simmons. Do you think the Sixers are, would be the toughest matchup for the Bucks, just because how they like match up with each other with length and size and just like they would present the most amount of problems for the Bucks? Or do you see another team in the East like Toronto, Miami, or Boston giving the Bucks a bigger challenge? It depends which Sixers team we see. If we see the Sixers team that has shown itself to be dominant, can play against anyone in the league, then yes, I think it will be that Sixers team. But if we see the Sixers team that we've seen for the majority of the regular season, then I think the toughest matchup for them will be a will be a Raptors team that they haven't gotten that they that the Bucks still if we're looking at last year. They still haven't beaten the Raptors in the playoffs yet. That's who they lost to. So at the moment, I feel like I have to say the Raptors are probably the biggest test of them, just not only from the mental perspective, but this team's just rolling in confidence. I just, I feel it. This team really has confidence. But if we get a Sixers team that, it, that there have been flashes where this team has showed absolute dominance, 
So we get to see that Sixers team. I think I can definitely get on board with the idea that they will be the toughest matchup to the Bucks. Yeah, Max, a really good point. And we saw on Christmas Day how the Sixers dominated the Bucks. And that if that Sixers team can come out, the Bucks could be in trouble. And the thing for me about a typical number one seed is the reason I'm not feeling great about the Bucks. I think they're still the favorites in the East. Don't get me wrong. But a team that doesn't have home court advantage in the playoffs, it's going to be so different. So that once he doesn't have home court advantage, they've taken such a long break. For all we know, Brooklyn could come out and be the best team in the East out of nowhere. Like This is just so much uncertainty. And a lot of teams could get surprised and lose early on in the first round. Who are some teams that in the East, in the West, and in the Western Conference that you think could be upset, ups, get upset early on in the playoffs? Um, in the West, I would have to say the Nuggets. I just think like if there's any team, if there's any one of the first four seeds that is most likely to get upset, I would have to say it would be the Nuggets. In the East, I'm gonna have to go with the Celtics. Like both three seeds, I think are very susceptible to an upset. They're the because those are they're two teams with like very solid to high expectations. And they play the most, out of all the lower seeds, they play the most difficult of the lower seeds in the Celtics case of the 76ers, a team with talent across the board. And in the, in the Nuggets case, they get the Rockets, which outside of the Mavericks is probably the, mo- is probably the team with the most talent of the, of the bottom four seeds. Yeah, and we talk about teams that are going to be potentially upset, but now we'll look at it. What teams that... A lot of fans and analysts don't expect that could potentially make a run maybe to their conference finals. Do you, ha- do you see a team that maybe a six or seven seed that could really just like shock people? I got two and they're both from the East. I think the Sixers of the sixth seed, again, as we said, if we see the dominant Sixers team, this Sixers team has the chance to compete with any of these top teams. They were up there at one point this year before hitting a bit of a skid. The other team is... Look out for the Pacers. If Oladipo can get his confidence back, that's a Pacers team that can that ha, that always is there. They're never great. They're never like this truly great team. But they can always sneak around and maybe sneak into an Eastern Conference final. Those are my two who I think can kind of slip under the radar. The issue is I feel like there's more talent in the bottom in the bottom four seeds of the Western Conference. I just feel like the talent at the top of that conference is just such overpowering. That even though those teams make a couple surprises, it's not going to be enough to overcome those top teams. Yeah, I think definitely the top teams really have the advantage where I think there's some difference between them. And seeing upsets this year probably won't happen, but I would surely like to see it because that makes for good TV. But Max, every year there are players who make names for themselves in the playoffs. Do you see anyone becoming a bigger name this year in the playoffs? Someone who could really step up? Or maybe one of these underrated stars, like you mentioned, like Victor Oladipo or Jimmy Butler or anyone of that nature who could really take their game to the next level, who could really cement their legacy? One player who needs to step up in order for his team to be successful, if Chris Middleton can keep stepping up, he can really like prove himself as a solid number two. And even a possible low-end number one, if he really steps himself up. Now, while I do think Giannis has a chance to further submit, further like push his, his upcoming legacy also, if we're going by guys who don't have a big, big name for themselves, it's Middleton's in the perfect spot to really make a name for himself. Him or an Eric Bledsoe. Guys who are just putting – who are definitely the glue that keeps their team together. 
but just never really get the credit. Who, if they shine in these playoffs, have a chance to really make a name for themselves, especially on a Bucks team that looks to take care of the Eastern Con- Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part of the NBA is just watching those like underrated players really step up and be like the heroes in the NBA championship game. And every year we have guys who do that, Danny Green and just um, I don't I don't remember the guys Gary Neal from the Spurs. You remember him? It's just players like that who step up out of nowhere and really make an impact. And that's kind of like my favorite part to watch. But before we wrap up today's episode. Max, give me your NBA Finals prediction. Who's playing? How many games does it last? And who wins? I'm going to go Lakers-Bucks, and I'm going to take the Lakers in six. Lakers in six? And who's your MVP? Is it LeBron, or is it someone we don't expect? You know what? It's going to go to the very well-known LeBron James because knowing him, he will throw that team on his shoulders, and whether he does or not, the NBA will just probably give him that finals MVP, as the NBA does, very rarely giving it to the unsung hero. Yeah, very good choice. But Max, I kind of have a, a different selection, a kind of a surprising NBA selection pick here for the championship. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, Milwaukee's great. But I just have this weird feeling that Toronto's going to be back in the championship. Everyone counted Toronto out. And I hate to say this as a Sixers fan because I would love to see the Sixers actually get to play Toronto somehow and get revenge for Kawhi's magical shot, which I don't know how it still went in. Was there a magnet on the basket? Who knows? That's a uh, conspiracy for another day. But I have this weird feeling that Toronto is going to be back in the championship playing the Lakers. And I have... The Lakers winning in seven games in a really close one. I think Toronto's underrated because Siakam's playing really good. I know I discussed with you earlier how I think Siakam is one of the most underrated players in the league. And how they had Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol. They have all the right pieces to still compete and win the East and beat Milwaukee somehow. And it's going to be a big upset, I think. But I think they're going to play the Lakers. But I think the Lakers will win. That storyline is going to be amazing. They're going to win it for Kobe. And I think, like you said, LeBron's going to be the MVP. And it's going to be such a great story. And the Lakers are going to be your 2020 champions. But Max, thanks for joining me today. It was such a great episode. Just talk about some basketball. You know, live sports are coming back. I know we're both excited. And it's just a great time. But really appreciate you joining the podcast today. And anytime you want to come on, just let me know. I'm always always down to come down, to come on. Especially in times like these. You need all the you need all the things you can. And talking sports, always a good time. Yep, sports definitely make you feel better. But thank you for, uh, for joining again on the next episode of episode of Steel Spin on Sports Podcast. We will discuss many different things from the NFL and how that season will work, and we'll also maybe discuss the beginning of the baseball season. Until then, I'll see you next time. Everyone, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of Steel Spin on Sports.